What's up, and welcome to another episode of KCL's Keto Corner Podcast. Today's episode is with Crystal Love, soon to be Crystal Sykes. She is fiance to Robert Sykes, Keto Savage. Um, We dive into her first bodybuilding experience using a ketogenic diet and winning her first bodybuilding show with that approach. We also discuss how she manages her digestive issues with a keto diet contrary to doctor recommendation. And we discuss body dysmorphia and binge eating in detail um, as we both have suffered with these uh, issues. And I find that this is kind of a trend on this podcast, um, discussing struggles that most people don't really want to talk about. But I love bringing awareness to things that people get uncomfortable, you know, discussing. So this episode was wonderful. I loved talking to Crystal. Crystal is a friend of mine um, and she is so sweet and I just adore her and she's such an inspiration. So if you don't follow her on Instagram, make sure you do that and I hope you enjoy this episode. Crystal, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, And I know that people who follow me, who are interested in lifting, women, things like that, a lot of my clients, um, I've told to follow you. So I'm super excited to kind of let them hear a little bit more about you. Oh, thank you so much. I know. I feel like out of a lot of people in our little space that you're kind of someone who's very similar to me as like we like to lift heavy. We like to go hard, but we're also like very aware of like our body and like how it fluctuates and all that kind of stuff. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes. No, um, I definitely admire you because there is no way that I could deadlift 300 pounds. Like (laughs) you posted that video the other day and I would literally texted Tyler and I was like, I want to be her. (laughs) That is so insane. So congratulations on that huge accomplishment. Thank you so much. I, I worked real hard for that. I, I, that was really my goal for the end of this year, but I was so afraid with doing my prep earlier in the year that I would have lost more strength and I wasn't going to be able to get it, but well, I, I, I made it happen. (laughs) And it was so smooth. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, she could have got more like that was so easy, so easy, but no, I loved it. Um, so, you know, speaking of like prep and all that stuff. So just kind of give the listeners a little bit of background on you and like how you fell in love with lifting, how you came to keto, all of that stuff. Sure. So I guess it started out with, um, I began having some health issues, which I've mentioned in uh, several other podcasts and somewhat on my page, uh, dealing with some health issues with uh, like stomach problems, all that kind of thing. So when I started dealing with that, the doctor's pretty much told me like, you have to do something, you have to be active, you have to like, live a healthier lifestyle. At the time, I was like drinking all the time, I was smoking all the time, I was eating fast food and just junk all the time. So I pretty much I think that was just kind of a kick in the butt. And at the same time, I had met Robert, who is Keto Savage. Um, 
And he was a really great encourager for me to have at that time. And honestly, I don't think without him, I'm not sure I'd be where I am now. Um, so at, at that time I had just began to start lifting and I got involved with a personal trainer who I ended up not being so great for me. Um, and the diet that the doctors had put me on was terrible. And at the time, Robert had actually started doing keto and he had been keto for about a year. And he's like, Crystal, you really have to try this. Like, just give it a shot and see if it works. And I'm like, it's the exact opposite of everything my doctors have told me. So I'm not sure I need to be doing that. But I gave it a shot. And at three years later, I am lifting well, all the time. And I love it. And I'm keto. And yeah, it's it pretty much all happened within a, I think I started lifting, uh, in October, September or October, and I started keto in January. So it kind year? of all happened. Oh gosh, oh man, you're going to ask me the years. You said three. You said three years ago, so it's 2000. It's about to be 2019, so 2016. Yeah, yeah. it must have been 2006. Yeah, it must have been. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I know. I'm pretty sure you've been you've done keto like a year longer than me. I'm pretty sure whenever I like heard, um, I think you were talking on another podcast or or to somebody about like your last um like carb binge, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's like six months like before I had started. So I th- I think that's a, probably about right. But yeah, um, no, that's so awesome, and I I think that you know it's so important to have someone doing what you're doing with you. And so, um, a lot of my clients are doing it alone. They don't have their spouses to support Mm -hmm. them. And so I, I don't know, I guess, I guess it's looking kind of from my side. I was on Robert's side trying to pull my husband in to do it with me. So he was trying to pull you, but in reality, like Tyler would never, do anything else like he loves the way he feels on keto now he's a little bit more lax but Mm -hmm. um but like it's just so nice to have that support system and especially because you guys share the same passion for lifting and health and nutrition yeah it's kind of crazy that I, I was living the lifestyle that I was at the time uh, you know, when it was just not so great because I had actually gone to school for, uh, medical assisting, like terminology and anatomy and like all of this health stuff. And yet I was still doing terrible things to my body. So I knew I wanted to do something involved with health, but then I just kind of went down this like spiral of terrible things and, um, life kind of catches up with you and you're like, wow, I really, I really just screwed you know, screwed up what, what I was really going for. And that, that definitely was a kick, kick in the butt. <clears throat> and, um, and so I'm glad that I have kind of come full circle back into the health, uh, in fitness industry, because that's really, I think where my heart always has been. I just kind of fell off my rocker there for a minute. <laughs> I, to- I totally had no idea that you did medical assisting and stuff. That's, that's so mm-hmm. neat. Yeah. Um, I really loved it. Yeah. And did you ever like, did you work a like a job doing medical assisting or I know you were a barista. So that's how mm-hmm. you met Robert, right? Yes. Yep. I was a barista. <laughs> I, so I had been a barista for gosh ever. And I took a little bit of time off of that. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to go in the medical field. And I did an externship in a urology department. And then I actually moved states. So when I moved states, I was a dialysis technician and I loved both of my jobs. Um, they're very hard and especially dialysis, um, just people who have not really 
taken care of themselves very well and and you kind of see the outcome of that mm-hmm. um so uh, yeah it, it was definitely an interesting career uh mm-hmm. kind of style and i think as i was doing it i realized oh, i'm not sure this is really for me <laughs> it just seemed like a lot of the people that i worked with seemed a little bit miserable and i wanted yeah. to be around people who were going to be positive and almost prevent the people from having to go to places like that. So that's kind of why I ended up going back to being a barista as I was training for my personal, uh, my yeah personal training certification and just dug into keto at that point and it's just kind of taken off. And you finally found your passion and your love and you're doing yes. things that, that you're happy. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, so now I don't know if, you talk a whole lot about your stomach issues, but what, what exactly is it that you like suffer with? Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was diagnosed with gastroparesis, which is, uh, pretty much where the, the nerve from your stomach to your uh, brain doesn't really send signals as it should. So the movement of the muscles in your, your stomach, it's not very active. So I don't have a lot of movement in there. So that's why when I do have issues or I'm having a hard time digesting foods, I stick to like a liquid diet because uh, it really just goes down a lot easier. So when I'm mm-hmm. eating like something like meat or like uh, uncooked vegetables, it's really, really hard for me to digest. And I just get a stomach ache and it just sits in there forever because it has no way to escape because it's not moving. Um, and then uh, about, I guess, six months after that, I had kind of changed my diet a little bit, not keto yet. And they told me that I had the same thing in my small, in- or I'm sorry, my yeah, my small intestines as well. So it was kind of like my whole digestive system was just extremely slow. And um, with the fibrous foods and like carb foods, they tend to expand in your gut. So Mm -hmm. like rice or something like that, you add water and it expands. So when I was eating those, I wasn't digesting them well. And then on top of that, they would expand and I just like, I'd have a hard time eating but then again, the signals um, to my brain wouldn't tell me that I'm full, so I would keep eating, and then it would, uh, it was just terrible. Oh, um, wow. So that's, yeah, that's kind of like what I've had to deal with, just like making sure that I'm eating the right things. But with keto, the foods are very dense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just very fatty and dense, and um, I tend to, for myself, go for a like 80% fat um, because it's so much easier to digest, and it's very anti-inflammatory. So, um, yeah. And then along with that, I mean, anything that's irritable to your bowel will give you irritable bowel syndrome. So I kind of am dealing with that and, uh, yeah, just a whole, whole bunch of different things that kind of come (laughs) because I have that. There's just a lot that goes along with that as well. So you're kind of, you kind of play around and figure out what upsets your stomach and what, you know, causes the upset or the, the inflammation. Like you've, you've taken a lot of steps. I've watched you over the last, you know, year and a half kind of figuring out what agrees with your body and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so for someone who has like the gastroparesis or IBS, you would recommend a high fat diet compared to what their doctor typically would say? Absolutely. Before I started keto, 
they had me on a like a high sugar diet mm-hmm. with not not just high carbs but high sugar because they're easily digested so they still wanted me to get energy and have all the strength to like go throughout the day so they gave me like high sugar items um rather than like whole wheat they wanted me to stay away from whole wheat they wanted me to go to white bread and you know just the opposite of everything that everyone's told like don't eat oats don't eat all this not whole um like I don't know just like like if I were to yeah if I were to choose a carb to eat I would say like eat a sweet potato or something like that but they really didn't want me to stick to those they wanted me to eat fruits and sugars and shakes and the things that were like really really easily digested and it was crazy yeah and I I literally was like I'm gonna get diabetes I just yeah I, I can't I can't do this so uh, yeah, that's why I kind of switched to keto and it has been a lifesaver. I mean, I there's no way ever before I would be able to eat as much as I do now and and actually like not be suffering. And now I eat, you know, generally about around 2000 calories, a little bit more, a little bit less. And I would never have been able to do that before. But yeah, it's so anti-inflammatory that anybody with you know, uh, digestive issues, I would suggest at least giving it a shot, whether it's IBS or um, gastroparesis or Crohn's disease or any of those kind of gut issues, it's worth a shot to give, you know, for to give keto a shot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I actually had a client that dealt with something super similar to you and I told her like, go check out her YouTube, go check out her page. Like you've got to hear what she has to say about it. And she's actually found success with keto, um, you know, just by researching herself because her doctors kind of told her the same thing. So that's, mm-hmm. that's really cool. And it's neat that you can shed light on a different approach as well. Um, so you said earlier, um, and I think we both follow about the same kind of fat ratio, but you said earlier that you follow 80% fat ratio and you have done a bodybuilding competition. So that's kind of one of the things that I wanted to talk more about, obviously. I mean, I have followed your journey this entire time, but (laughs) the people listening may not know. So kind of give us a little backstory on like what led you to do the bodybuilding and like how you sustained your muscle and all that stuff throughout Mm -hmm. your prep. All right. Well, I actually, I way back when I really wanted to do a show and I kind of let that go. I got, I had a lot of people kind of get to my head telling me I couldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I wasn't big enough. I wasn't good enough. All of the negative things that you never want to hear. So I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go in. I'm going to lift heavy and I'm going to just try and enjoy this lifestyle. So I did that and I let time kind of pass and those people were removed from my life and, and maybe not on purpose, but it just, you know, we moved and a lot of things happened. So I kind of just thought about it on my own. I didn't even bring it up to Robert because I didn't want any influence on my decision. So one evening I just told Robert, I was like, I think I'm going to do a show. I already looked them up and this is the one I want to do. So I picked it. And I said, I'm going to start my prep this day. I'm going to, you know, do my show, but I'm only going to do one and we'll see how it goes. Because at this time, at this point, I wasn't really sure if I was ready, but Mm -hmm. you kind of just have to dive in because I don't think you're ever going to be just ready. You just got to do it and be excited about it and enjoy the process. Um, So I guess, so I started my prep 
the 1st of December of last year. And uh, I started off like pretty high calories. I was at 2,300 calories, 80% fat. Uh, my carbs were 10 grams the entire prep. And uh, it was a 22-week prep. Um, which is a, a fairly decent amount of time. Actually, I've been talking about my next prep that I'm going to be doing, and it's going to be much longer. <laughs> and I told <laughs> myself, I'm never going to do a prep that, that is that long, but I'm going to do one that's even longer. But you, you kind of have to give yourself that time. I mean, if you look at what 22 weeks is or 16 weeks, I mean, it's roughly like four or five months. I mean, mm -hmm. who wants to lose body fat that fast and destroy your metabolism, you know, even more than you, <laughs> you're going to when you get that lean, you know? That's exactly it. And, and speaking of which, I feel like giving myself that much time to lose the body fat is the reason why I lost like hardly any strength. And of mm -hmm. course, you're going to at the end of your, your prep, uh, you're going to lose some strength because you're, you just don't have as much energy. Your body has literally used every last little drop that it has. And you just, you just don't have as much oomph to kind of go throughout the day. But, uh, and that's just going to be when you're, you're extremely lean, not, not necessarily like an everyday living. That's for right. competition, uh, you know, going exactly for a competition, not just for, mm -hmm. for fat loss. Um, so Oh uh, gosh, where was I at? Sorry. Uh, when Talk we, on. yeah, <clears throat> when, so when we dropped it, I felt really strong still. I felt like I had kept my strength. I think I only lost about 20 to 30 pounds on my lifts. And then as soon as I started raising my calories back up after my show, I got my strength back so quickly. And I think if I wouldn't have taken that long, to do the cut and to lose that body fat, I would have never, I would have lost so much more strength. Yeah. And I think I would have had a lot more muscle waste away. And I didn't, I actually kept home my muscle throughout my whole prep, which is pretty amazing. Most yeah. co like competitors don't do that. Um, but I think keto really, it really did help. Like it sounds like so, like I'm trying to preach, but it really did. It is so muscle sparing that my body wanted my fat and not my muscle. No, I totally, I totally agree. And I remember you getting your uh, in-body scans and, and like just being super excited about how you've maintained your muscle. But like, you know, one controversial topic is like, you know, low protein, high protein. We talked about how you sustained all your muscle at an 80% fat ratio. What did your protein look like towards the end of your prep? <laughs> uh, so three, I'm sorry. Yeah. Three to six weeks out, I was at 35 grams of protein. And then after three weeks down to my competition, I was at 30 grams of protein, which is just kind of insane when you it think is. about like how yeah. little food that is you're like okay that's two eggs and <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know and much. like a couple other items but uh yeah it's it's very little but it was amazing how much energy I still had and everyone tells you like you need protein you need protein you need protein well I had no problem going that low for that long of a time I mean that's that's you know a month and a half almost two months of super super low protein Mm -hmm. And I maintained all my muscle. I had pretty good energy. And I mean, considering being that low in body fat right. um, and, and exercising excessively. Um, but yeah, I was I was astonished. I think my fat ratio ended up being up about 
like 85%, I'm sorry, 83%, I think is what it ended up going up to with having, because I still did, we still don't want to take me super, super low calories. So my fat went up while my protein went down at certain points. Um, and then of course my carbs were super low, so we didn't even have to mess with those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's insane. It's insane how much fat I was eating, how very little protein I was having. Yeah, no, I I remember watching all the vlogs and stuff, and it was just so amazing and so inspiring. Um, now you know for for people who are listening that don't know much about bodybuilding and females, um, did you by chance? And this is normal for females to lose their cycle to get so low in calories and be so depleted and things like that. Did you lose your cycle at all? Yes, I absolutely did. As soon as I hit 17% body fat, it went away and did not come back. I think it was three months after my competition, then it came back. But I didn't have it for about six months. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a little bit scary. I'm one of those females that's weird, and I think it's like a blessing to have one. No, I um, agree. <clears throat> And it's just so natural for our bodies so that when people are just trying to like not have it by taking certain kinds of birth controls and mm -hmm. I'm like, man, your body's supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. not having mine, I was kind of nervous for my hormones and what had happened and what was my body was going through. Um, but it did come back and everything's good now, which good. I'm very, very happy about. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just, I guess the stress and the hormones and all of that stuff get to you and the fact that you're not really eating as much to supply your body to, to have that natural monthly cycle is kind of what causes it. Um, yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, the reason you have that cycle is to have a child. Mm -hmm. So if your body isn't at a state to be healthy enough to support itself, let alone another being, uh, your body's not going to allow you to have that child. So, exactly. um, being low body fat is not a healthy thing for bearing a child and, um, you know, eating less food or over exercising, your body's going to react to that. So I think it, it is very natural for the process that I went through, but for everyday living, totally yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I agree. Totally. Um, now your show, I, I always want everyone to know because I thought it was the sweetest way to propose. <laughs> um, so you got engaged at your show and what was replacing? Uh, so I got first place in the, uh, in my class and oddly enough, I got second place in novice, which is the, the women that go for the first, their first show ever. Um, that's who like they'll, Okay, so novice is people who have only ever done, like this is their only show that they've ever done. So um, it was so weird because I competed against the same people. So I was like, how did I oh. get first in my whole class? And then I got uh, second in my novice, which is, it just, it was interesting, but it could have been, you know, I, I posed differently in one than the other, or um, just, it was like, you know, maybe I, maybe someone had eaten a little bit better or I wasn't as bloated. Looked a little stomach. fuller. There's, yeah. Cause you can, you, uh, pose down at, at different times. So, uh, you know, one could have just looked better than the other, but yeah, I got first place and then Robert proposed and I just, uh, it was the best you're, day of my life. <laughs> you're on cloud nine. I remember crying whenever I saw that video. I was like, Oh my God, that is so awesome. Yeah, no, 
I was I was so happy for you. And the fact that it was your first show and you placed first in your class, that's so awesome. And second as well. So congratulations. Yeah, was, I haven't actually got to tell you like over the phone congratulations, but I'm, I'm still so happy for you. Thank you so much. It was like the most amazing experience ever. And I, I tell people it was even before I had gotten my placing and before Robert had proposed like the entire day, I could not stop smiling. I was giddy. I was excited. A lot of people were backstage just like so serious, pumping up and doing their thing. And I'm like walking around, hey, how are you doing? How's everything going? <laughs> oh, but, you know, like telling people like there's little parts of their suit that's off and like, you know, just trying to be mm-hmm. helpful. And I was, it was so, oh gosh, it was just such an amazing experience. But when you work that hard and you know you did everything possible and you get to that day, there's a pretty much nothing that can get you down. <laughs> because you've so. worked your butt off for it. Yeah. Yes. You know, I get yeah. it. So I was, so, I was all smiles. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason to be or not to be. So for backstage, most of the time people are eating like crazy amounts of carbs and stuff to kind of pump up. Correct? Correct. Yes. What were you eating? I had fat bombs. Um, I actually, I was going to take the brick with me, but I actually chose to go a different route and do, um, I did a coconut oil with butter and almond butter. And I just made a fat bomb. There was no sweeteners in it. I chose to go like no sweetener and uh, super low carb and like no fiber or anything like that. Just what was in the almond butter. <clears throat> and that's because my stomach stuff, it, it will react and it will show any bloating. So I went uh, with just like little fat bombs in the beginning of the day, uh, because I actually didn't even go on stage until the evening, which is very different for a show usually everybody goes on stage in the morning you do your your posing and your routines and all of that and then in the evening they tell you who placed but I actually did my posing and everything in the evening and immediately was told my placing so yeah so I kind of had to wait all day Uh, so in the beginning of the day I drank some water I had bone broth and then I had an egg like one hard boiled egg. And then um, at my show behind the stage, that's when I would have my fat bombs. And that kind of gave me a little bit of vascularity. And for what I competed in, you don't want a ton of vascularity, but you do want some as well as a little bit of a muscle pump. So that fat is really what gave me that. Whereas a lot of people will have um, alcohol or a piece of candy or something like that, because if you're used to carbs, that's, what's going to give you that pump. And that's, what's going to make you a little bit more vascular. Right. So I was back there chowing down on my fat bombs. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, for those who don't know, and, uh, Crystal mentioned a brick. So you guys have, uh, Crystal and Robert have the keto brick, which is, um, an awesome product in the keto community. It helps, um, it's, it's kind of like a, a meal replacement. I mean, essentially, someone could eat a couple meals out of it because it's a 1,000 calories. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it's perfect ketogenic ratios. So um, it's a great, great product. And that's what Robert used during his prep, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. We actually played around with a, a bunch of different kinds of kind of keto bricks. 
uh, during his prep and we were trying them and trying to figure out, okay, what's going to bloat him? What's going to be like a, a really good option. And we, we played around with a ton of different things. One of them had like macadamia nuts in them. They, I mean, we just played around with it, but yeah, that's what he ended up eating on his competition day to fill himself out. Um, just as I used my fat bombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so awesome. <clears throat> so, um, most people are limiting their water intake during their show, like the show day. Were you doing that at all? I did not. I did drink. So normally on a day-to-day basis, I would drink about three liters to a gallon. Um, and that's like when I'm doing my workouts and all of that. So that day I did drink a little bit less, but that was not, it was not to dehydrate, but it was just so I wouldn't blow on stage. So I actually gotcha. drank a liter of water before I stepped on stage. And that was from, you know, the moment I woke up in the morning until about probably two or three in the afternoon, I had drank a, a liter of water, which is a very healthy amount. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had drank a lot um, and I felt really, really good. And you, a lot of people say like, you don't want to drink a lot of water because you are tanned at that point and you don't want to take on and off your suit over and over again. But Mm -hmm. I really didn't have an issue with that. Um, it just, I think my body just soaked it up and used it and yeah, yeah, I felt amazing. Whereas a lot of people were just like dry mouth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so most people are down to like ounces at their, Mm -hmm. at their shows when they're carb based, right? Yeah, so they have like those little eight ounce bottles, and they're like, "Yeah, I can only drink a quarter of this all day." I'm like, "Die!" (laughs) Terrible. So they're just like taking little tiny sips to like just make their mouth wet. And I thought, "Oh my gosh, I I couldn't do it. I could not do it." And it was interesting. I had heard like Robert kind of talk about like backstage where people are like, "How are you drinking that? How are you eating that? What are you What are you doing? You're gonna you know mess yourself up on stage." But it is crazy how you draw people's attention by just having a large thing of water and just drinking because people think you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, they think you're like ruining your your hard work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that then is so funny. We kind of we I had mentioned uh, when you walk on stage, you kind of talk about uh, they'll read something off that you have written, and it was about Robert because he had coached me through my whole prep, and of course it said keto savage. So people are like, "Oh my gosh, you're on that keto thing! Like, tell me about <laughs> it." I had people backstage like googling ketosavage.com, and um, and they were like, "This, this is him, right?" And it was yeah, it was pretty cool because there were so many people that were intrigued by it. And actually, oddly enough, the man that was putting on the show had been doing keto for like 20 years. Oh, that but, is so cool. Yeah. But they had never called it keto. He's like, yeah, I just mm-hmm. don't eat carbs. And he had done bodybuilding in the past with his wife. And yeah, it's kind of insane. So it was really, really, it was a neat experience. <laughs> I was curious if anyone like kind of was knocking you for doing keto. Uh, Cause you know, I mean, I, you, you, you have those people that are that have that normal like mindset for what a bodybuilding show should be. But I was, I was wondering if anybody kind of knocked you for your approach. Uh, nobody did. Oddly enough, I was kind of expecting it, but it sounds terrible to say, but you go and you do your show and you win and nobody can really say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I love awful, that. <laughs> as awful as that sounds to say, but you know, it really is. It's like, I'm proving a point, you know, hard work and a good diet and exercise. I mean, that's all it takes and yeah. you can knock me all day, but 
I didn't, I, you know, <laughs> the proof is in the trophy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I love that. I do. I do. Um, so I don't know if you're going to be okay with this, but I was wanting to ask you kind of a little bit of insight on post-show. So I know you kind of struggled post-show. Most people do like a reverse diet. And if you don't want to discuss it, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but like, so most people reverse diet and when we talk about reverse diet that means you you come out of the show and most people think that oh you can eat what you want but no that's not it you actually have to stick to your macros um and and slowly add in you know macros and calories so that your body doesn't gain a ton of body fat all at once how did that go for you yeah so when I was doing my prep I was like, I'm going to reverse diet so well, like this is going to be nothing because I'm used to like not eating anything. And then post show day, I had gone to a Brazilian steakhouse and it was post show meal. You're pretty much able to eat whatever you want because your body's going to immediately soak that up. And then the following day you get back on your macros and you, you know, you do your normal and you, you know, reverse diet. So I had gone to that Brazilian steakhouse and I just let them bring me all the meat. Like my card was green the entire time. Like they were just bringing (laughs) me a ton. And I did have um, a glass or two of wine. And then um, I had gone and made a keto brownie and I had that for dessert. So I had, uh, I think we counted, it was like 6,500 calories (laughs) (laughs) in that whole day, including my fat bombs and stuff. So that was a lot to eat, but that's pretty typical for people who do a competition. Um, You just, you don't have that hormone in your body that is really telling you like, oh, you're full now, stop eating. Um, So honestly, I didn't get sick. And the next day I looked really great. I felt looked filled out. I, I didn't look bloated. I felt amazing. But then I had a hard time not eating. I had a hard time not feeling that fullness over and over and over again. So I tried to get back on my macros and I would fail and I would overeat. And then I tried the next day and I would overeat. And it got to the point where the first three weeks back uh, to my macros or back to reverse dieting or trying to, I would eat so much that I would I would throw up and I just it I couldn't stop myself and I thought like I really badly have an eating disorder. Like I'm eating so much to the point where like my body can't handle the food I'm putting in it that I'm literally purging because it can't fit. Mm-hmm. Um and then it got to a point where I wasn't getting sick like that anymore so I would make myself get sick. And I just did that for so long. And then I kind of messed up my body's hormones even more so because I kept doing that and I would restrict and then I would binge and then I would purge. And it was just a terrible, terrible cycle. And I mean, when I binged, I was eating 6,000 calories like consistently. And uh, I definitely saw my body fat grow real fast it shouldn't grow as fast as it did and it you should really when you're reverse dieting your body's not going to gain a bunch of fat all of a sudden it's going to very gradually get to a healthy state and maintain that Uh, Robert is a prime example of that he's maintained a very healthy body fat year-round and he's worked on his metabolism to where 
he can eat more without gaining that body fat. And what I did was I shocked my body completely, kept feeding it so much to where it just gained a bunch of body fat and then wasn't going to shed anything because it had gotten to that comfortable state of I've eaten too much. I'm now holding on to this because if you choose to not feed me again, at least I have this body fat. Right. And, um, Yeah, it's uh, it was a terrible experience, and I really, really like to make that known. Like, to no matter what diet you're doing, no matter if you're eating carbs or you're eating keto or whatever it is, if you go down to a deficit in calories, you need to reverse diet, or you are going to ruin your metabolism. You're going to mess up your hormones, and it is mentally exhausting. And because uh, you yeah. diet for so long and then it's almost like you still feel like you're dieting because you you're still restricting yourself. And it's not a restriction as bad as it was, you know, when you had a goal to be restricted for mm-hmm. but now as a reverse diet, you're just kind of like going day to day. You don't really have a goal to step on stage. So it's like, why can't I just eat everything that I want? (laughs) That's totally it. Yep. That's exactly it. And then you're like, well, I'm going to the gym to, you know, gain muscle. I should be eating. And it is, I mean, it's true. You, you don't have a goal to step on stage and you don't have, you're going to the gym to gain more muscle now, but Oh gosh, it does so much harm to you. It does so much harm to your body and to your mental that it, I mean, I'm still kind of recovering from that. And it was, gosh, you know, nine months ago. I was going to ask kind of like where you were at mentally now, if you were still struck. I mean, personally, I feel like anyone who suffers with binge eating or binging, purging, like any kind of eating disorder, I feel like it's, it's like something that you always it's always going to be something you're fighting because you, you have that urge. And cause I mean, I, I haven't binged in a long time, but I still have the urges. And so, you know, I, I don't feel like you're going to ever be able to like fully recover from it because you're still, you know, you've, you've known that behavior before. So how are you, you kind of dealing with it now? Yeah. So I do very well for a period of time and then all of a sudden I will crash again. And that one of those times just happened and it was, it was really hard for me because I will not allow myself to purge anymore because I, I, I feel yeah. like, okay, yes, I binge. Yes, that is an eating disorder. But if I add on to that, then I really have a problem. And yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, you have a problem no matter what, but you can you can stop. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so I actually have I just got over that. And honestly, a lot of what it was was my sister came to town to help me plan the wedding, and I said I'm just going to use that as a reset, and I'm not going to think about food, and I'm I'm going to be so busy, you know, hanging out with her and her baby, or you know, another time it would be working or exercise or something to distract yourself from food. Mm -hmm. And, um, you really just have to reset and just not allow yourself. And my biggest thing is confiding in someone. And a lot of times that's Robert because, you know, he, he's here all the time. Um, and he can kind of watch what I'm eating and he doesn't ever say anything, but I would feel too guilty to have things in front of him or, you know, things like that, because I've been honest and, and, honest to a fault of, you know, this is how sick I am. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
Yeah, so I, I definitely deal with that still very regularly. And it's almost sometimes it's daily where I'm really going through something exhausting mentally or physically or, you know, whatever. And that's when I, you get weak and that's mm-hmm. when you want to go for it. And once you go for it, it happens day after day after day. So, yeah, no, it's, it's just like a, it's a vicious cycle. I mean, I, I've been in it before too. Um, even, even like not, I wouldn't even say binging. I would just be overeating my macros and like, I got into this weird cycle of, uh, like I would subtract calories from the next day and be like, I'll just be stricter tomorrow and I'll just take calories away. And in my head, I'm like, when I realized what I was doing, I was like, this is so unhealthy. This is just as bad as binging and, you know, over-exercising because that was, that was my go-to. I would never purge because I'm, I'm such a like baby when it comes to throwing up. I hate it, (laughs) but, um, but like I would binge and then I would either severely restrict, like I would do like a starvation, like anorexic type you know, thing, or I would over-exercise. So I'd go to the the gym and try to get as many calories burned as I could. Um, and that would be my way of purging. And so like when I realized that I, you know, was, was kind of doing that with, you know, eating too much one day and then trying to subtract calories for the next day, it's, it's just another way. It's just another like cycle of kind of binging and purging in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, honestly, this sounds terrible to say, but I always wished I was that person. And that, that sounds really, really terrible. But I thought, man, if I could just exercise it off, if I could just, yeah. you know, but I never, I never did. It was like, I'm just gonna, you know, keep doing my thing. And I don't know, it, it was terrible. It's it's terrible. But um, yeah, gosh, it's, it is such a struggle. And honestly, since I've been really open about it, I've had a ton of people and a lot of people that you would never expect to hear that from that they've been dealing with it or you know they've had it for a lifetime or they dealt mm-hmm. with it when they were younger and still dealing with it um but it's amazing how many people's you know have overcome and they've said you know it's been 10 years it's been you know however long since the last time they did it or whatever and a lot of people think an eating disorder is what you look like and a lot of people with eating disorders look normal. Yeah. They look normal or even overweight or underweight or you know, they we, we look like humans. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. So gosh, it's if if anybody is struggling with that, then I I would be happy to reach out and I'm or for you to reach out to me and I'm sure Lauren would as well. But um it's definitely a thing where you you just have to talk about it. You yeah. have to that's the one way you're going to get through it is to have the support behind you. <clears throat> yeah, I totally agree. If it's something that people are scared to talk about. And I, I mean, I was fearful before, you know, be, making it a public thing, but knowing, being open and honest about it, um, you know, as someone who does have like, you know, the, the platform like we do in the keto community. And even if people aren't keto and they're still struggling with binge mm-hmm. eating disorder, you know, like it's something that if you talk about it, more people are going to come out about it and they're going to feel comfortable talking about it. Whereas like if it's, if it's made to be this negative, you know, like whatever shameful thing and it shouldn't be, I mean, 
it's just like any other struggle that people deal with. It's just, you know, surrounded by food and, and all of that. But I mean, I have found that even though there are like keto treats and keto sweets are my thing. Cause I'm a huge sweet tooth person. Uh huh. Um, you know, there's still that temptation. Like I can, I could totally binge on keto foods like that. I, I totally could. It, but I feel like cutting out the food group that, that really like triggered my binge eating, which was like all of the carbs, like donuts and mm-hmm. cookies and all of that stuff, like cutting that out was so restrictive for some people. Like they say that that's restrictive and then it's just going to kind of fuel that binge eating disorder again. But for me, it was like, freedom. I cut that food group out, went keto, and I'm I've not really felt the need to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it it's something that I feel like people it, everyone struggles with it in some way and it it differs for everybody, but it's good to know that they have people to talk about it too. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, when I first started keto, I had the first year I struggled really, really badly with binge eating on carbs. And Oh, I did too. Yeah. Right now, I think uh, in January will be two years celebrated not having any carbs um, or binges (laughs) or anything like that. So I've been keto for three years, but I had still binges on and off for that first year. Um, And when I say binges now after my show, it was on keto foods. And Mm. I want that to be known because that is that is such a big thing. People think, oh, it's keto. Oh, it's healthy. It's it's not. When you're eating it in excess, it doesn't matter what it is. And I, I kid you not, I cut out all of my sweeteners and everything. And I still binge ate on sausage and cheese and like meats. You can still binge on the healthy things. Yeah. Um, it's just an, it's an, an ex- I'm sorry, it's an excess amount of calories, no matter what it is. It's not going to be good for you if your body doesn't need it. Exactly. And it's to the point where, like, you are so uncomfortable, but you still keep eating. Like, yeah. I don't I don't think – I think when people refer to binge, um, some people really don't understand the true meaning behind it. But, like, for me, it was eating I, – I, and I actually recognized that I was doing it, but I kept doing it even though I felt sick, even though I yep. felt like so full, I was still doing it. And it was, I had no control. It was almost like I had literally no control over what I was putting in my mouth until I physically just, I was felt like I was going to puke and never did. But like, you know, I, I got to that point where I just, I was so miserable and so full of food that I was in pain. Yeah, I was, I am exactly the same way. It's in it. You're while you're doing it, you're like, I really shouldn't be eating this. Mm -hmm. But you keep going. And it's like your hands and your mouth have a different mind than the one that can actually think about, think clearly. Because while you're doing it, you're like, I'm going to regret this tomorrow. But Mm -hmm. you're just going after it still. And that's exactly it, is eating until you're so uncomfortable. And then after that, you keep eating. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is, it's a very weird mental thing. It's, it's very mental. Your body doesn't need it. Your body doesn't want it. It's all hormonal and mental. I like to use the analogy, like the people who eat at Thanksgiving or Christmas and they eat and for one plate and they're like, oh, I'm so full, but I'm going to go back because this is one time a year. And then they yeah. eat again. And like, it's like that, but times like a hundred to the yeah. uncomfort level you feel. 
Yes, absolutely. I to- that's ho- I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I did it. I did it when I was not keto. Like I would eat all the mashed potatoes and the macaroni and everything, and I'd be like, you know what? It's Thanksgiving. I'm full, but I'm gonna go back for more. And yep. like, think of that times a hundred for for what a binge feels like. So, yeah. Um, so you also, another thing that you struggle with is body dysmorphia. We, we, we uh, kind of are similar in both of our struggles. So um, for people who are listening who don't know what body dysmorphia is, it's, a, it's also another disorder that people have where, um, you know, you may, you look a certain way, but what you see is not what other people see and what it actually is. And so... Kind of tell me a little bit about your struggle with body dysmorphia. Did your show make it worse? Yes. I honestly don't think I had it before I started my show. Okay. And um, maybe I did a little bit right before I was eating a lot of food. And that was so that I had a lot to take away from when I did my prep. So I was always very honest and very real about where I was. And honestly, I was pretty happy with where I was like before my show. Um, we had spent two months before I started my prep, uh, just increasing calories. And that's kind of where I started to feel really uncomfortable. And then I started seeing pictures of myself and I was like, wow, I'm just really fat. And I was embarrassed to put out the first video of myself because I thought I don't want anybody to see this body. And, um, but before that I had actually maintained a pretty, like decent body fat. And then I had gained a little bit and then we went and did our, my cut. Um, and as I was cutting, I, I could not see the change and I would have like before and after pictures. And I thought like, yeah, I see it, but like, there's still so much work to be done. And I would see my inches being lost. And like, I know I'm making changes, but I still have so much work to do. And I would look down at my stomach and I would see a roll and I, or I would even see veins, like more vascularity. And I thought, how is that possible when I'm, I still have so much fat? And I constantly, like I would be at the gym and I would literally squeeze the fat on my stomach, which at that point was probably like very little to skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just squeeze it so hard to remind myself of why I was there. Because at some points I was just so exhausted. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to lift. I didn't want to do my cardio, but I had to. Um, and after I had finished my prep and I had started gaining some body weight back, I looked back on those pictures and I thought, oh my gosh, I had no idea what I looked like. Mm -hmm. I don't remember looking like that. I don't remember being that lean or whatever I saw in my mind or felt was not even close to how lean and thin and just skinny and vascular I looked. Yeah. And I posted a couple of pictures on my Instagram after my show and just said, like, I had no idea I looked like this. You guys, you know, a lot of people watched my whole prog- or pro- like prog- progress and um, watched me lean down. And my mind could not see the extreme level that I got to. <clears throat> And then as I started to gain weight, I just thought every little bit of me was fat. So I thought I was fat when I was, you know, 13% body fat. And then, of course, I'm going to gain it back. And because I was dealing with binge eating and that kind of thing, I was gaining it a lot more quickly. 
And so everything on me, I was just like, I'm so fat. I'm disgusting. I was just, I looked in the mirror. We were actually at um, KetoCon this last year. We got to the hotel and I looked in the mirror and I just started bawling because I, I just thought, I am so fat. Like, I'm disgusting. Why would people want to see me? And it, uh, it's just, it's a terrible thing. And you can't escape your mind because your mind is telling you that you're one thing that you're really, truly not. <clears throat> so that's kind of well, my experience. Yeah. And no, I mean, like going from, uh, obviously going from being that lean to like having to accept the fact that you've got to, um, you know, gain body fat to build the muscle to be better next year for when you step on stage. It's kind of like a, it's a hard pill to swallow, I feel like. And I've obviously never done a show. I'm, I want to, but I'm, <laughs> I'm prepping as if I am going to step mm -hmm. on stage. I just have not committed to it yet, but I'm finding myself so much more disciplined than I ever have been, which is really cool. So, um, but, but I've been through like doing cuts and, um, then doing, you know, bulks or trying to gain bo uh, body or muscle, um, and limit the body fat, um, gained, but like seeing yourself gain weight, seeing the scale go up when the weight loss has always been the goal. Like for me, um, coming from my highest weight is so hard on your brain, like so hard to physically, like mentally comprehend, um, that gaining is the goal. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. It, it, it really, it really does mess with your mind. Even now I, I'm higher body fat than I really ever wanted to be. And I just kind of have to be okay with it. And of course I'm trying to cut down a little bit because I'm getting married in April. <laughs> Ooh, so but, exciting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you, you know, you, you want to look good for your wedding and I'm to a point where I'm like, I really don't want to. And I just even posted a video today and I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm posting this because ew. And it, it will always mess with you. But you have to remember that you're doing it for a reason. You're healthy. I'm not, um, you know, obese. I'm not feeding myself the wrong things. I'm doing everything right. And that's okay. It's okay to be a little bit more at certain times. And it's okay to be a, less, a little less at certain times. But it's definitely a hard thing to constantly remind yourself and again I feel like that's one thing that will kind of almost always follow you around just kind mm -hmm. of how the binge eating I think it will kind of always follow you around and until you can look back on pictures or you can mm -hmm. really just be real with yourself and say okay I, I don't look that bad or yeah. you know whatever it is and I think one thing that does help is <clears throat> a lot of people disagree with me but I think not getting your body fat tested or not looking at the scale and just doing what feels right for your body and sticking to your macros and, uh, you know, exercising the way you should and not paying attention to those numbers because that that's definitely a big trigger for me. And that's actually one of the things that caused me to start binge eating again was I found out my body fat and you would think I would not binge because mm. I was unhappy with that. But that triggered a super mental emotional thing with food and I just started over again and it's just it kind of they play together and uh it's really unfortunate but it is it is I have clients that like I mean their sole focus is the scale and I try hard as someone who like has the ability to get 
like the pictures out there comparing. I just recently posted, I think it was yesterday or the day before, how a year ago what my weight looked like. I'm the same weight now, but body composition is totally different. And so that's why you can't rely on the scale. You can't rely on body fat, like tests and stuff. Like it's it's totally on how you, you know, how much work you put in, what your diet looks like. And so like, I am such an advocate for, you know, if you need to throw the scale out, then throw the dang scale out, you know, like, like this (laughs) ditch it and, and, and stick with, as long as you're being honest, as long as you're not, you know, cheating yourself, meaning taking bites of this, getting a spoonful of peanut butter here and not tracking it and just saying it didn't exist if you didn't track it, then, you know, as long as you're being honest and, and putting in the work and doing everything right, your results will come regardless of what that scale says. Yes, absolutely. I could not agree more. And another thing with that was when I did my prep and I don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I didn't see the scale move for nine weeks. Yeah, like, I do remember that. That is an insane amount of time to be dieting and not see the scale change. And you're yeah. just like, am I really getting anywhere? Am I going to make it to my show? Am I going to be okay? But my yeah. my uh, measurements were changing. My body composition was changing, but the scale was not moving. So I do, I'm very, very big on making people take progress pictures and doing measurements in other ways, whether that's with a you know, a measuring tape, or if if it's with a a body fat, um, like scanner, or, you know, pictures, whatever it is, do multiple different types of measurement. Mm -hmm. Um, And that way, you're able to look at every single one of them, because one may change and the other one may not. But yeah, yeah, that's the scale can be evil if that's the only thing you're going off of. God, yes. I know. And like one, one way I tell my clients to, if, if all else fails, if they are just literally like, you know, I, I'm so done with the scale, but I want something at home. Cause I have a lot of clients that come to me face to face, but you know, they'll, they'll be like, I want something at home that I can measure my progress with. I'll tell them to get a pair of too tight pants or too tight shorts and then yeah. try them on, like see how tight they are. And then in four weeks, try them on again, see how, you know, see how much they've changed that that right there is probably like my biggest most favorite way to measure progress yeah that's actually a really great idea uh, choose something that's uh that's very achievable mm-hmm. you yes. know or not uh, yes, like very exactly. achievable but not something that's un like not realistic I did that gosh with my prep I actually had a pair of jeans that fit me a few years ago and I had spent pretty good money on them and it was like one of those things where you just spent the money and and you you will always like think very highly of that item why well, <laughs> you're gonna those... keep it forever <laughs> yes <laughs> so I had those pants and I have of course been lifting since I had purchased them so um, they had been in the back of my closet and I thought I'm never going to fit into these again. So I, I did my prep. I got super low body fat and they still did not fit me. So I had gained enough muscle where those pants were just never going to fit. And I always just thought I'm too fat, you know, and it, it's not the fat. <laughs> no, no. So do something that's realistic and don't be dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, 
know. I totally agree. Um, that that is so funny. That, yeah, I felt I mean, pretty dumb. <laughs> you have you have gained so much muscle. So you're you're kind of the same way with me. You didn't start really lifting um, to try to put on muscle or like anything until you started keto. So you've gained all of your muscle while on the ketogenic diet. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. I started lifting, I guess like four or five months before, I guess that was four months before I started keto. So yeah, pretty much all of my muscle has been put on since I started this way of living. <clears throat> Not only your muscle, but your strength. Like I am so, oh gosh, <laughs> if I ever, if I ever come to work out with you guys, I'm going to feel like such a weakling. <laughs> <laughs> No, not at all. I actually, for a long time, I wanted to do powerlifting and uh, I chose really not to go down that path because I I wasn't sure it was so great for my body, but I like to follow people who do a lot of power building and that's That's pretty much just a, yes, it's just a combination of kind of powerlifting and uh, bodybuilding at the same time. And you're just lifting heavy and but you're also doing things for you know composition and and how you want to be you know perceived when you're you're looked at a lot of power lifters um are known for and I feel like it's starting to change but known for just being really big whether that's muscle or fat or whatever and now that is kind of changing into this whole power building thing where you have the body that you could step on a stage if you lean down, but you're also extremely strong. <laughs> yeah. No. I really, I love that. I do too. And you know, it's so funny is that today or yesterday you posted um, like a side by side of like what your goals used to be and what they are now. Yeah. And it's hilarious because as soon as I saw that picture, the girl on the right is someone I've followed for so long. And I'm like, she is body goals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She totally is. I admire her so much. I do I, too. She's just, she's so fun and, and she's adorable and she's so strong. I know. I'm, I'm just, like, yeah. I'm, I watch her videos and I'm just like, can I uh, like get in a training with her or something? Just, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes, like, I know. It's so cool, but, but no, it's, uh, it is kind of crazy how your goals change and, um, you know, like you go from, I've done that. Like you go from wanting to just be skinny or to look, you know, to look fit and toned to like, no, I, I actually just want to look like I could kick your ass. That's, yes. oh my <laughs> that's gosh, how yes. I feel. <laughs> yes. And it is, it's so interesting. Cause a lot of people are like, I just want to tone up. And I'm like, so you want to build muscle? But you don't know how to say it. (laughs) And then there's like the people who want to take it to more extreme, like you and I, where we want to look like we could kick, you know, (laughs) like we could kick someone's ass. Like we could actually like, you could walk in somewhere and they're like, oh, wow, that girl lifts. You know, I want to be that girl. (laughs) Yeah, like don't mess with her. Like, yeah, no, no, I'm I'm totally the same way. I used to, I used to just want to be like a certain size or, um, just just be as thin as possible. But like the last time that I did a like cut and I I didn't have as much muscle. Um, I just I was looking at myself and I'm like, why? What what purpose is this? Like, why do I I want to not only do I love the strength and I love being strong, but I don't want to look like a weakling. I want to look like I like I want to look like I'm able to lift. So, yeah, no, I totally, totally get that. 
I struggled with that a lot when I did my prep, actually, because <clears throat> when you get down super low body fat, you just look skinny. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter who you are. Like, Robert, he looks, he looks, and I hate to say the word skinny, but he looks skinny. Not only does he look really lean, but he looks so much smaller than you would ever expect him to because, you know, right now he has body fat on him and it just makes his muscles look larger. But when you yeah. lean down, you're just so small and it really that messed with my mind because I thought when I look back at the pictures I was like man I was just like my waist was like non-existent and I wanted to be thick I just wanted to look mm-hmm. big <laughs> yeah and it's so funny like you go through like you when you're when you're going through like the season you are now where you're trying to gain muscle, you're like, oh, I just want to be a little bit thinner. Like, I don't, I don't want to be as thick. But then when you're, when you're there, you're like, oh gosh, I'm so small. Like, I don't want to be this small. (laughs) It's great. Like we all, we can't have when we can't have it. Yes. I remember looking at my thighs and going just like, where did they go? Yeah. (laughs) I know. Like, I don't want to lose the, I like the body fat that's on my butt right now. I don't want to lose that. (laughs) Yeah. I feel (laughs) you. No. Um, Well, this has been so amazing. Um, And I like to kind of end it on uh, like what you are excited about and what's next for you. And Robert, obviously you have your wedding coming up. Yep. Yeah, we got the wedding coming up in April. Uh, We're going to be traveling a lot this year, especially Robert doing um, the conferences. Um, But we're just definitely trying to see a lot more face to face with people Mm -hmm. and really involving ourselves more into the community. But also we are growing the Keto Brick uh, business. So I have a lot of employees that I'm managing right now doing that. And I really, really enjoy doing that. Um, I think for myself is just kind of uh, just currently building. And uh, I think Robert and I are both going to be competing together in 2020. So next, um, gosh, in about 10 months. Oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. that seems so soon. In about 10 months, I will start my next prep in October of 2019 so I can compete in spring of 2020. So, um, which seems like a while away, but it's totally going to creep up on me. Yeah, especially with the, go ahead. No, it, 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 I mean, when you think about how much time you have to put into actually doing the, the prep itself, it's like, oh, uh, no, yeah. not that long. <laughs> yeah. And we have like the wedding in April. There's like June and July, even August is just full of conferences and like the keto cruises and all of that kind of thing. So it's going to be a crazy, exciting year. So there's so much coming up. I hope we get yes. a lot of like really good content out there for everyone with all you know, collaborations and conferences and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah. So are you, I shouldn't even have to ask, but you guys are going to be at KetoCon, right? Yes. Yes, we are. And Uh, we're going to have a Keto Brick booth this year again. We had one last year, but hopefully we'll have some more people to run it so that we can kind of both, you know, have a little bit more conversation and be able to listen to the speakers a little bit more. But Robert will also be speaking at KetoCon this year again. Cool. Yeah, no, yeah. that'll be the first big keto event that I will go to. So I'm super Yay. excited. Yay! I guess that'll be when we actually meet in person. Yes! Oh, yeah. that's great. That's awesome. I know. Um, and, you know, I'm contemplating going on the low carb cruise if I can make it work. So it's, Ooh, it, yeah. things get a little difficult whenever you have a three year old at home. So, yeah. Yep. I wouldn't know that just yet, but I'm sure in, in uh, a 
I don't want to say a few, but several years, I'll yes. find that out. <laughs> yes, yes. So, um, but that that's so awesome. I'm so excited for both of you guys, and I have been a lover of you both since I, you know, found out who you were and what you all do. So I just want to say thank you for everything that you do in the keto space and just being an inspiration to not only me, but so many other women and females and, um, and just, yeah, I appreciate everything that you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate everything that you do. I think this is awesome that you started this podcast. I attempted it once and I was like, that's not my thing. So I appreciate that there's someone out there who thinks very much like I do and that I can kind of promote this because I I don't think that I'm very good at doing things that I'm not passionate about and I was not pa- passionate about following through with a podcast. So I'm going to be just promoting yours. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I, I really do. It's, you know, like I said, trying to find time between my toddler and uh, and doing this, but I just enjoy it. I love talking to people and hearing their stories and hearing what they have to say. And then I love just getting awareness of different things out there. Um, plus, I also get to talk to some pretty awesome people. So yeah, yeah. And I you would it. think that anybody would just love that. But I think I'm, I'm not good at a at it being the beginner part you know like being the one that's asking which yeah yeah but I I love listening to them and I I love I wish I could be more a part of it but yeah it's it's just not my thing so I appreciate you and in doing this and following through with it I think it's awesome thank you I'm I'm happy to do it but uh but yeah so if people want to look you up and uh kind of follow you where can they find you uh, so my Instagram, which it's kind of a weird name, but it's crystallovefit.fka, and the FKA stands for Female Ketogenic Athlete, which is my website. So you can go to femaleketogenicathlete.com, uh, or you can email that at femaleketogenicathlete@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And, uh, and then also uh, the YouTube is under Keto Savage, which is Robert's brand, um, but since we are kind of becoming one as we get married in April. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more uh, videos for myself on that same YouTube. So uh, ketosavage.com or ketosavage on YouTube. Perfect. And you guys can also buy their amazing keto bricks from ketobrick.com. And there is also Instagram for keto brick as well. Yes. Thank Um, you for mentioning that. I totally left that out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, people need to know about the keto brick. I mean, it's literally like my father-in-law isn't keto. He tried keto for a little while and he's not keto anymore, but he's still obsessed with the keto bricks. <laughs> That's funny. My brother-in-law is the same way. He's an avid hunter and he'll leave home for a couple of days. And he lo- he's like, I'm going to be taking these bricks with me because it does, <laughs> you know, it doesn't weigh anything. He can stick it in his backpack and go. So exactly. I love that. Yeah. I love those yeah. stories. No, that's, that's so awesome. Well, um, thank you again for being on and I look forward to talking to you more. Um, and I will probably air this episode next week. So I'm super excited for people to hear it. Awesome. Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate being on here. You're welcome. And I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Woo!